Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, are Lakers fans turning on Austin Reeves? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on weekends, as everydayers will know if you follow the channel throughout the regular season and into the playoffs. Uh, once they start playing games, once news happens, we are not limited by a five-day-a-week schedule. Uh, that's just the minimum that we are we are offering to all of you. Uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to hang out with Andy. I'm calling it. 22,000 subscribers to the channel. Yeah! Um, all of whom, Andy, are excited about the next installment of the in-season tournament happening tonight in Portland. Um, Lakers just don't, they simply refuse to lose in-season tournament games. That's how they roll. Well, good, because the Lakers need every win they can get. And if an imaginary tournament provides the incentive necessary, then so be it. I mean, the, the why doesn't matter great <laughs> i do find we're and we're going to get into a lot you know we, we got a lot of questions about the rotation um i know andy you are somebody who in a few people on the on the uh, locked on lakers youtube channel have talked about rui hachimura and his playing time and some inconsistencies there um interesting stuff seemed to be happening to uh christian wood and jackson hayes that we want to get into but i do think when you mention colin castleton it, it brings up an interesting point the guys who theoretically care the most about the this tournament and their team's performance in the in-season tournament are the guys who never play. <laughs> so, like, I feel like the league should add a fifth quarter where only people making under $2 well, million dollars get to play. Here's where the Colin, Colin Castletons and the Alex, Alex Fudges, Fudges and the Demoy Hodges and the Maxwell Lewis's, uh, the Jalen Hood Shafinos of the world, you know, even as a first-round pick, where they happen to land on a great team. LeBron may be a billionaire, but he is notoriously frugal for a man of, you know, he lives means really well. Means. <laughs> man of means, lives very nicely. But he's also known for somebody who doesn't spend his money stupidly. Like he may spend his money, but he's not into just, you know. Like famously did not, doesn't subscribe to the commercial free versions of otherwise free apps yeah. and services because why I'm not paying for that. No, I mean, I'm not joking when I say I have decided that as long as LeBron does not do the commercial free Pandora or Spotify, neither will I, because if it's mm -hmm. good enough for LeBron, it's good enough for me. I mean, he could, he could hire all of these artists that he wants to listen to just to come to his house <laughs> and play for him if he wanted to. But uh, <laughs> speaking of, by the way, speaking Andy quickly of, uh, commercials. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Also, speaking of uh, commercials of sorts, we are launching our subtext channel. It's a way for us to connect even further with our viewers, our listeners. Um, you can will be providing you one-on-one you know, -on -one texting, taking your questions. We'll do subscriber mailbags, which will undoubtedly end up part of this show mm -hmm. we'll be doing game commentary interacting with you one-on-one -on -one. and this is different than stuff we will be doing you know, at cam brothers on twitter um there's a free 14-day trial um 
go to join Substack, join subtext, S-U-B-T-E-X-T.com backslash locked on Lakers. So subtext.com, uh, check it out. It, it, we're actually really excited about it. Subtext.com slash locked on Lakers. Um, so uh, we'll get to all that other stuff, but we do want to start with Austin Reeves because, um, look, I mean, the play has been inconsistent. Um, it started off horribly. Uh, it got better. Um, but as we noted in uh, the show for Thursday, there are definitely still some growing pains with how Reeves is operating in the context of the offense with what the Lakers are asking him to do. Um, his comfort level executing, finding that balance between uh, attacking and finding his own shot, setting up other players. I think the the balance and the, the comfort level of his teammates to know, kind of figure out, wait, okay, what's he doing? Andy, you made the comparison. Um, they're like an improv group that hasn't worked together long enough to really to know each other well enough to understand and 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 move and and act and do without sort of without thinking I mean, to some degree but i also think a lot of this frankly falls on austin he just mm -hmm. has not been effective he has not been comfortable on a consistent basis you know the the context of the loss yesterday against sacramento i thought he was over dribbling a lot i thought he looked sped up he, i mean he looked jittery almost at times like when he was out there he he often to me looks like he is trying to do too much um but again this is something we spent an entire segment talking about this after the sacramento loss but we've noticed both on twitter at cam brothers but especially in the youtube uh comments section for the show there seems to be kind of a growing backlash from fans against Austin Reeves, if nothing else, it is helping D'Angelo Russell's popularity because he's used to being the guy that everybody turns on, although I'm sure right. he, he can find a way to make it happen again. But, um, you know, give it time. Well, look, there's still plenty of when, you know, TikTok, TikTok, when's D'Lo being traded? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, and this is, we're not, I mean, it's not like every comment is, you know, thrashing Austin Reeves, but there is, where, whereas before you never saw any criticism of Reeves. But one of the, now you're seeing more. But, Beyond just the criticism of, of Austin Reeves, it raises an interesting conversation, I think, about the way the media at large, Lakers media even more specifically, and then I guess Brian and I talk about Austin Reeves from TK underscore 360. Salute to AK and BK for your pod early this week where you featured and praised D'Lo. I think the media in general and us fans over-criticize and underappreciate appreciate D'Lo, while conversely over-hyping and under-criticizing Reeves um, went on to say, um, give cre Reeves credit. He owns his subpar play. I'm still a fan of Reeves, just not a fan of the coverage of Reeves. If Reeves was living up to all the hype he got this summer, it's not unfair to think that this team would possibly be better. Um, it, people going crazy about how great he is if he had D'Lo's numbers, but D'Lo's still the one in trade rumors. Then I ended up in a an exchange with Marcus Floyd on YouTube. Uh, commenting to you and me, uh, man, the excuses for Austin Reeves are crazy. You can't call out LeBron and D'Lo for turnovers when they score 28 points each and then make excuses for Austin Reeves. Fellas, we absolutely love your videos, no question. We really do. But you can't omit Austin Reeves' turnovers and nine points. He came off the bench, played with the same players against the Blazers in Memphis. Austin Reeves just has to be better and not just playing scrub teams because that's what it's been this year, to which I responded, 
We spent an entire third segment breaking <laughs> down how Austin is playing well. All of those, right? Things, but then but, Marcus okay. responded, "You got to have the same energy when breaking down Austin." LeBron had a 28-point triple-double with chase down block. D'Lo's game tonight was definitely one of his best of the year offensively. What we need from him if we're going to make any noise in the playoffs. But Austin Reeves, the analysis was he's not playing with the right supporting cast, no plan, he's over-dribbling. No, he's getting cooked on the defensive end, forcing shots, can't get separation. Every time he just dribbles the ball, the crowd goes crazy as if he's done something special, and it went to his head. It's one of the reasons why Darvin Ham set them um, – to go back to just focusing on basketball. Austin Reeves this year has not earned his contract. I responded to Marcus, and then we can go to break after this. Respectfully, if you go back to our recent shows, you'll see we've talked plenty about Reeves being a defensive liability, that his shot wasn't falling, that he's making bad decisions, et cetera. Even before Darvin moved into the bench, I brought up on at least two shows a discussion about whether he and D'Lo actually need to be broken up as a backcourt, and then said Darvin chose correctly between the two. We've been very consistent saying D'Lo's outplayed him this season so far. It's not even close. We've also said that Reeves is a big reason, unequivocally, that the team has underwhelmed. Now, did all of that come up in Thursday's show? No, but we, don't, we can't do the, we don't do the same show each time well, and bring up also, every point about every player it's every a 30-ish minute show right. with commercials it's also called it's also not called locked on reeves right like, but let's let's but the, the basic but there's a lot point, in here there's a lot right, the, in here. The, the basic point of coverage and how people talk about reeves versus how they might talk about delo and more particularly why they talk mm -hmm. about reeves versus why they talk about delo is legitimately fascinating and so let's talk about it next Locked on Lakers is brought to you by BetterHelp, and we are approaching the end of the year season. There is such a thing as seasonal blues, and right now, a lot of holidays coming up, which can be wonderful for some, but stressful, even depressing for others, because the family you don't get along with, an economic toll these celebrations can take. It can feel like comparison shopping, like you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. The holidays just don't resonate for you for whatever reason, and therapy can be a really bright spot. Amid all the stress and the change, something to look forward to that make you feel grounded, give you the tools to manage everything going on. I can personally speak to how much therapy helped me during a really difficult period in my life for me and my family. And sitting down, talking with someone was huge. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, accessible anywhere, 100% online, no waiting rooms, no traffic, and it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking. You can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today. Get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Okay. So I'll say this for starters. Um, yeah, I, I am sure that I and you, Andy, too, have blind spots in what we talk about. There are certain players that you know, we are biased towards, perhaps biased against. We both try hard to be as fair and honest as possible. But, you know, everybody who does this for a living um, has, you know, blind spots and has places where you think you're doing it one way and maybe it sounds differently to another. I'll say this, too. Oftentimes, people who consume media... And uh, we are media consumers when we're not doing this. You're you're kind of 
you've got your your antenna out for certain mm -hmm. things and you might hear those things louder and miss other things, whatever. My point is not to argue with anybody about literally what we're doing. Um, broadly, though, there are, I think, differences between the way fans, media, cover and talk about D'Lo versus Reeves. And I will say this just to get it out of the way at the beginning. Part of this is because Reeves is a plucky, undrafted, shaggy-haired white kid with no muscle definition from, you know, Oklahoma, right? Arkansas. Or Arkansas, right. Which, I mean, the fact that I'm getting them confused kind of says what you need. Um, you know, and the story is phenomenal and everybody likes it. And he was like almost dating Taylor Swift and all the... <laughs> D'Angelo Russell was a second was the second pick in the draft and has bounced around and has seemed to be an overpaid and you know you know did the cell phone thing and has seemed immature and like and a lot of this is is not fair to Russell and there is as in many things you know a a racial element that runs through these types of cover just want to put that whether out you're talking about yeah. coverage or whether you're talking about perception of the coverage correct and. I, I don't know necessarily how deep or like, you know, that's that's a lot to unpack, but I want to acknowledge that sure. up front, like this is part of it. Like the Reeves story um, in the NBA, particularly, you know, be, there is that sort of the, 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 the feel good white story in a very black league the soft and bigotry of low expectations that happens, particularly for well, American born white players. Well, there can be, He's an anomaly in terms of the athletes that are mostly in the NBA, but also I, he is an anomaly for a lot of the fans consuming this and also, too, a lot of the media covering the league, and a lot of that league is white. And it's also it's, – it's a unique story It's in Correct. certain respects. And the league often – you know, the people who cover the league – media often latch on to unique stories. It's one of the reasons that Steve Nash became a phenomenon, which in certain ways did Steve Nash a disservice because he was an amazing player. Right. But there is no question that him being this plucky white Canadian, Canadian who soccer Santa, player who played right, at who Santa, Santa, Clara. Santa Clara and had right. you know floppy hair and you know he's an inherently unselfish guy. Like all of these things are true. They can also be total buzzwords in the way yes. things get covered. I, mean, I will say the, you know, the appeal of Austin Reeves, if ev literally everything else about him, because there are many people who are undrafted free agents who... who um, Gabe Vincent doesn't get the same buzz. He's an undrafted free agent who's carved right. out an NBA career. Correct. Um, if, if, if he's, you know... If he's not, if he's any something other than white, um, I will say this though: the the other there are other parts of of this that I think are instructive here too. We are getting past a point where Reeves is found money, where everything feels like a bonus because he's not supposed to be this good, um, and you know he goes through the summer and he plays with Team USA. I am. I will sit here. I, I am not going to have the discussion. Austin Reeves is wildly overrated. He actually sucks. The Lakers overpaid. They made a big mistake. I have seen too much of him playing and playing against great competition and with great players against great competition 
to accept that argument. Honestly, where NBA salaries are right now, he's still he's, a freaking bargain. He's just he's just slotted fine. Like if you think somebody of his level, if you think he's overrated, shouldn't be making twelve million dollars a year, that's a different story. But I'm just right. saying it is not outrate. If Austin Reeves kept this up. For the rest of his career, he actually wouldn't be that overpaid. He's not. No, at he's all. not. A, he's not overpaid at all. By but NBA that's team. that's a salary. He's still somewhat underpaid based on his production. If you assume, you throw out the first like four or five games of the season, what he's done since. But he, what he isn't anymore, is found money. Nope. And the I think what hasn't caught up completely is that transition to okay. You know what? It's not. You aren't. You're not supposed to have off games. Maybe you know through like zero for five from three point range, as it was um, Wednesday night against um, Sacramento. That can't happen. You know, it's going to happen, but it can't happen. You know the expectations for your floor every night are higher now and should be higher. And so I think there are fans, particularly particularly fans who see criticism of players that they do appreciate and they think are, are picked on too much, like D'Angelo Russell. And I will say, we have been as supportive of D'Lo yeah. as any members of the media yeah. can, you we, know, in, we, in this town. We, I, I will stand up for ourselves right now. We are not guilty no. of crapping on D'Angelo We Russell. are you know, standard bearers on D'Lo Island. Yeah. <laughs> There's you no question. Take those particular complaints somewhere else because we got the receipts. That ain't yeah. us. So, um, not saying we're perfect, but just no, that but, is not but, us. Right. I I think that's where the expectation, where the thing is, it's like the people can see that the expectations for Reeves um, are higher, should be higher than some of the coverage. That said, I do think he's bought himself a little bit of goodwill. It's just, it's an interesting phenomenon to me when guys pass through that barrier of what an amazing story. What a shocking surprise to, okay, that's gone now. Now you are, let's pretend that you were drafted sixth in the draft because that's the impact you're supposed to have now for this team. So go do that. And it's a totally, ask Rui Hachimura how, how different that is. Yeah, as somebody who was once a lottery pick exactly. and now is expected to be a high-end role player as opposed to when he was drafted to potentially be an all-star, mm -hmm. there's a difference I will say, though, beyond whatever coverage questions there are, and it is, it is an interesting conversation. And by the way, side note, thank you to those leaving these comments. Oh, yeah. We love um, this stuff. You yeah. Are all, yeah. It creates great conversation for the show. You are also always more than welcome to call us out if you don't think we're doing it well enough. With Reeves, though, I think part of the problem, beyond just that he has not been nearly as consistently effective and productive as he was during the breakout parts of last year, mm -hmm. he looks so much more uncomfortable. Like he looks like a player that is regressing, like that he maybe got hot at the right time, got in certain respects liberated by the Westbrook trade and, you know, playing more with LeBron. And weren't AD. we all <laughs> <laughs> playing more with LeBron and AD, like all of that stuff. And, that he seems like somebody who is either regressing in the spotlight, regressing in greater expectations, regressing in just there's more responsibility for you. And 
The league is more familiar with you. Right. Like Reeves sometimes seems like he is expecting calls that he's not getting. And that's part of the reason why, you know, I mentioned he's kind of over dribbling himself into the lane. It often feels to me without a plan, you could maybe wonder if his plan is to get fouled. And if he doesn't get that whistle, not sure what to do. But whatever all this is going on, and like you, I remain confident that he can figure it out. Part of the problem is he doesn't look as good as last year. But aesthetically, it doesn't look as good. I think bottom line, there are a lot of people who feel like he hasn't earned it yet. He has not earned the level of praise and And, elevation. And that the praise, circling all back, comes a little easier when you're You're a plucky, floppy-haired white kid from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Undrafted. Um, Mm -hmm. None of this, by the way, is Reeves' fault. But, you know, it is what it is. I know we, we got we got rotation questions, and the Wood Hayes question is an interesting one. But let's talk about Rui because I think that has been a bigger topic of conversation on the uh, YouTube channel at uh, Cam Brothers on Twitter. Should Darvin Ham be playing him more? I know you have strong opinions about it, and we'll talk about them next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And instead of battling thousands of other players, pros and sharks even, you can pick more than or less than on two to six player, their stat projections, and watch the winnings roll in up to 25 times your money. With basketball season in full swing, you can now pick combo projections across the NFL and the NBA with the Specials League, created specifically for projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10.5 for a combo of three-pointers made and receptions. With the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So football, basketball, you have a player who exits the game in the first half because the injury doesn't return in the second half. That player gets rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use that code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. You think Rui Hachimura should be on the floor more, don't you, Andy? Yeah, I would like to see Rui play more. This is actually in my notes from yesterday, but we just didn't have time to go there because of all the other crap we had to sift through <laughs> to be unhappy about <laughs> from that game. Andy but, uh, Dufresne getting out of that tunnel from Shawshank Prison. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I, Here's us at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, but... Broadly speaking, I don't think Rui's playing enough. Um, I feel sometimes like Darvin is reluctant to extend his minutes the way he would extend them for other guys. Mm -hmm. And you'll remember, Brian, this was a pet peeve of mine with Rui last regular Mm -hmm. season, like before the playoffs even began and he really broke out when the general perception was that Rui had gotten off to a slow start. I was pretty insistent. No, I think he's fine. I think he should play more. And like he's been, first of all, he's, become one of their better outside shooters. So if he was on the floor more, as long as he can maintain broadly what he's been doing with higher volume, I think it would help this team with the the outside shot that they're often lacking. But also, too, with all the focus on LeBron and AD's playing time, there's nobody on the team who replicates certain elements with LeBron and AD more than Rui. Like, he's obviously not them in terms of all the skill sets or talent. But like in terms of replicating the advantages of athleticism and physicality, speed, 
creating mismatches at that size. Like there's nobody else on the team who can do that. And just given the desire to steal LeBron and or AD a minute or two of more of rest each game, if not more than that, I, I feel like there's a lot of utility for Rui that is going, mm-hmm. I think, untapped on this team. It's, I, I think that there are a couple things going on here that I think are are worth noting. One of them I do think is less about faith or lack of faith in Rui, and I'll get to my other point in in a second. Is I do think Darvin likes to take guys and he and, and try to extract value out of out of players who are further down in the rotation. Try you know in this case it's. Guys like Jackson Hayes, you could argue somebody like Christian Wood is a bit of a project in that sense, in terms of um, you know building up people that could be useful to the team that if they pan out, if they click, and you know there is a cascading effect to that. Um, Reddish is certainly an example, right? Reddish, Jackson Hayes, uh, I think uh, definitely fits in. Reddish and Hayes are really the best examples on a team more so than Wood. I couldn't recall Hayes. I have three children and too many jobs. Um, so I think that is part of it. And and, and whenever you have a crowd um, and you're trying to build that, you know, sort of give guys more minutes and whatever, those minutes got to come from someone else. And so I think to some degree um, that can, you know, that is, um, you know, part of that, phenomenon that it's not necessarily about Rui so much as it is about some of the other players that Darwin um is wants to build. I think this is something you go back to last year. He's just, he is a person who likes to build up players who could have value that could pivot either way. Um so I'm I'm curious first what you think about that interpretation. Um I, to be honest, I don't know. Um I mean I, I really Oh, it's completely I, unknowable. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying I haven't really gotten a sense about. I mean, as much as I think Darwin is a player's coach and, and very much desires to help build their psychology, I, I can't speak with any authority about whether or not that's at play here or not. Other than the fact that he seems to, for example, delight in the way Reddish the last week or so has been very, very productive. Um, the question I would have for you then is. At six and six, with the amount of minutes that LeBron and AD have played, and mm-hmm. a few guys missing, does Darvin actually have the luxury of doing that? If that's the goal, right? I, I th- yes, to this point, um, but the the luxury diminishes as the season goes on. Okay. Um, so the other thing I would say is that I think I agree with you offensively. Um, there's a lot that Rui brings that feel very valuable to what this team does. Um, and, you know, when you talk about like sort of a lack of faith or having a shorter leash or things like that, just less leeway to make mistakes. I don't think Rui doesn't play because of mistakes on the offensive end. I think what happens is, and there are, and I, like I, you and I've been doing this for, pretty close to 20 years now. Um, and I think we understand a lot of the questions to ask, a lot of the the information to look up. I think we synthesize the information and deliver it really well, and we distill it for people and all that kind of stuff. But I am not a coach. 
And even after 20 years of watching this stuff, there are things that happen, particularly on the defensive end, that I don't diagnose and I don't pretend to understand fully. Like when breakdowns happen that look like it was player A, because that's the guy who looked like he got beat, it could have been the play, you know, player B or C or D 20 feet away who screwed up initially that made the cascading. One of the things, though, that, that a lot of people who do break down film and watch this will say is somebody like Rui really struggles with navigating screens. And no, you can see that with the naked eye. I, sure, I, you can. But like the impact of that through you know how that works in the defense. And I will say, when you see a guy get pulled offensively, young players, because they turn the ball over, this, that, you say, ah, that guy just got pulled for a turnover, short leash there, no leeway to make mistakes or whatever. That to me is a great example of a coach not having enough tolerance, perhaps for mistakes or letting a guy grow or play through them or whatever. The problem is when the when the issue is defensive and it's specific to a skill that the other team is going to continue to exploit. That's not something that you you get leeway on. It, once you recognize that this is what's happening, it's going to continue to happen. And so, if you don't make a change you are going to put yourself in a position where the same thing is going to happen over and over and over and over again. And it has nothing to do with sort of the, the, the goodness or the badness of the player in question. It's just a matter of, we can't keep doing, we got to try something different. Now, maybe it's, a, it means figure out a different combination. And maybe when Jared Vanderbilt is back, you can rearrange some of the stuff or whatever. But if you're Darwin and you see, Rui dying on screens against the Sacramento Kings, who do nothing but that. You kind of don't have much of an alternative but to take him off the floor. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, and my my bringing this up, and I'm not Rui, saying I, I, again. I'm not saying right or wrong. That's exactly what happened. Or I'm, but I'm just. Re, I am sure passing on the analysis of people who understand these things better sure. than I do. But my my point on this was bigger than just the Sacramento game. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think in general, I mean, they, if anybody cared enough to go back through a lot of different shows, I've not doing the Houston the, game. <laughs> I've beaten the drum a lot for, oh, for sure. minutes for Rui. Um, you know, for what it's worth, if you look at a lot of the different advanced numbers, you know, however much faith you put in them, his on different fronts, like most of the team is net rating underwater, but his is one of the closest to the surface among the people that is not underwater. His snorkel breaks the, the water. Exactly. Line. Like he is really close to breathing. Yeah. Um, like his, for example, like something I noticed, his individual rebounding numbers are nothing great, mm-hmm. but the team tends to, like if you go to clean the glass, the team tends to rebound better when yep. he's on the floor. He's one of the team leaders in box outs and like stuff like that matters on a Absolutely. team. Absolutely. 100%. But in particular, matters on a team that quite yes. frankly sucks at rebounding. Mm-hmm. So like he's an imperfect player. I want to make it clear. Like he's imperfect. And, you know, there's certain things I think he does well, bodying and things like that, and certain elements of athleticism defensively. But Rui's not likely going to become a lockdown guy. But I feel like more often than not, there could be more ways to get him on the floor, particularly too, to be honest. If he took away, I know it's not an exact positional match, but if he took away some of the minutes for either Wood or especially Jackson Hayes, right? Who, which I mean, by Hayes, the way, I think is coming. Um, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about that next week. Hayes is a following machine. Yeah. Well, I, I will. The last thing I'll say about this, and we'll quit here. I mean, you know, because we got to 
in-season tournament game to get ready for. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason Hachimura has looked really good with the Lakers is because they've been very effective about using him in in ways that play to his strengths. What that does, though, it has a sort of a force multiplier effect where because when he plays, he's being asked to do the things that are most suited to his skill set, it makes him look like he's playing really well because he is. But if you should, and so play more, but playing more might mean being in more situations, some of which should, could be appropriate, some of which may not be, where the 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 return wouldn't be as high, and then the performance drops off. So it's it is something like with role players, and that's still what he is, a very good one, I think. the 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 goal is to always maximize how putting them in the, exactly the right situation is super important with Vanderbilt too. And the temptation is to always play them more because the return on that investment is is really good because you're using them in the right way. Um, but if you start doing it, sure, you get to be like, so it's it is a bit of a catch twenty two. Um, but I love this topic, and it's something we'd love to hear your feedback on. Not you, Andy, but the people who are listening and watching, um, and carry this conversation into next week. It's a question you can ask us on subtext. Yes, uh, subtext.com slash uh, locked on Lakers. And mm-hmm. you can, um, you know, sign up for that free 14 day trial, uh, join subtext.com slash locked on Lakers. And Andy will be communicating with you more likely. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll, now that I am, I've been reminded, I will also uh, do it, but, uh, lots to talk about big weekend for the Lakers, um, starting tonight in Portland, locked on Lakers on YouTube is where we can go to hang out with, uh, 22,000 subscribers. Talk to us, talk to each other. We'll see everybody. Uh, really probably tomorrow. Yeah.